My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside, and congratulations to those of you who had babies baptized, and welcome to all of you here this morning. This past week, I've had the wonderful opportunity. I've met with six of the young people from this church, college age, high school age, in the anticipation of a service we're going to have of profession of faith on June 7. It will be awesome. You'll want to be here for that. But I've had the opportunity to meet with these young people, a few more coming up yet, and, and, and to talk with them, and, and, and to ask them some questions, and to hear about what God is doing in their lives. And with each of them, I asked them a series of three questions, and the first two are kind of setups, although I'm interested in what they think. But the first question I'll often ask them is this uh, in this series. I'll ask them other questions, but, but to say, you know, when you think of God the Father, what do you think of? Huh? What, what comes to mind? And, and for most of them, it's like, yeah, well, I think of somebody who's older and, and white hair and uh, sitting on a throne, and I think of creation, and, and, and that God is in charge of everything. And, and you say, yeah, that's right. That's the Father when we think of that. And then I'll ask, well, when we think of God the Son, of Jesus, well, what do you think of? What comes to mind at that point? And, and you know, a 30-year-old guy with a beard, uh, dark hair, dark skin, Middle Eastern, and so on, you know, dying on the cross, saving us, rising again. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's right. You know, God the Father, God the Son. And then comes the question that, that I think is the one that I kind of always am most interested in because they get confused. Because it's when you think of God the Holy Spirit, what do you think of? Uh, I, um, I, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know exactly what to think. And I think that's true for many of us, right? I mean, when we, when we think of the Father and the Trinity, the Father, yep, we're fine with that. The Son, we're fine with that. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we tend to sometimes be a little confused, unsure, not, not exactly, we don't have the same picture in our mind. And, and, and so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about next week, Sunday is Pentecost, the day when the Spirit came on the church 50 days after Easter. Uh, next week, Sunday is, is, is Pentecost. And so um, I, I thought it'd be good for us to take a look at the Holy Spirit. So we borrowed some help from Bob Dylan, who you need to chain your children to know who he is. But a blowing in the wind, we're going to call this. And and because and, and the Holy Spirit is sometimes called a wind, that the Holy Spirit is moving and, and blowing. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for the next three weeks, all right? And, and this week we're going to start, and uh, I am aware of the time, okay? But, uh, you know, the, this week we're going to just ask this question, who is the Holy Spirit? All right? And we're going to try to get a picture of, of who the Holy Spirit is, some important things to know about the Holy Spirit. Next week we'll talk about, well, what does the Holy Spirit do? All right, what, 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 is, what is the activity of the Holy Spirit? And then the last week we'll talk about, okay, how do we live by the Spirit? All right, how do we, how do we get filled with the Spirit? How do we learn to, to, to walk by the power of the Spirit? If you're visiting with us this morning, now you've got to come back for the next two weeks. Oh, isn't that something? No, I mean, we'd love to have you join us for that. But let's start this morning. I want to say five things fairly quickly, but just five things to, to keep in mind when we talk about who is the Holy Spirit and, and the first thing I think we need to recognize is this, that the, the Holy Spirit is God, okay? The Holy Spirit is God. Now, I know you're kind of saying, okay, so what? Who cares? Well, one of the reasons that's so important is, is to recognize that in this world, in, this, in, in everything there is, the, the Bible says there are two types of things. Uh, on the one side, there is God. There is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is uncreated. He's always been there. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. On the one side of things, there's God. And on the other side, there's everything else that's created. And, And one of the reasons that's important for us to know, 
one of the things we need to know about that is, is that God is above creation. God is more powerful than anything in creation. That when we talk about Satan, when we talk about the enemy, when we talk about evil, that stuff is not like, it's not like God and Satan have been fighting for all time and then God decided to create a world and Satan decided to mess it up. No, God was there. God created even Satan who was the first one to rebel against God. But, but God is still bigger, and so the Holy Spirit is bigger. He's, he's, he's stronger. He's, he's not on the created side of things. He's on the uncreated side of things. And, and the Holy Spirit has all the characteristics of God, all the power of God. And, and because he's God, and, and this has been helpful for me as I've thought about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, one of the things I think we can recognize is that the Holy Spirit is a lot like Jesus and the Father. So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is like, then we can look at Jesus. And, and if we see Jesus, we will see the Spirit. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. But also when we see Jesus, we also see the Spirit. So if you want to start to get a better picture in your mind, recognize that the Spirit, and we talk, call him the Spirit of Jesus, that the Spirit of Jesus is with us. And so when you think Jesus, it's also really the Holy Spirit. They're distinct enough to talk to each other. But, but they're also similar enough. In fact, Jesus says something really interesting in John 14. John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, If you love me, he's talking to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. That word another is one that, that I want to talk about just for a moment here because, you see, Jesus could have chosen one of two words there. He could have chosen, I will send another advocate, the Father will send another advocate, and it would have been, you know, he'll send somebody else who's going to help you, but they'll be different, a different one. Or he could have said, and this is the word Jesus used, he, he, he chose a word that means another, another just like the first one. Just like Jesus is saying, when I go to heaven... When I ascend into heaven, then I'm going to tag team with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to come down, and and he's going to be an advocate, a helper, to be with you forever, just like me. And so the the, the Spirit is a lot like Jesus and the Father, because the Father, and and, and so, again, the, the three of them, one of the ways to help us understand who the Spirit is, is to recognize that the Spirit is God, all right? The Spirit is on that other side of of not being created. The Spirit always was and always will be. So that's the first thing, the Holy Spirit is God. Second thing is this, and, and, and again, this is part of the reason why I think this is an important series, because the Holy Spirit is right now on center stage, okay? The Holy Spirit has always been active. The Holy Spirit has always been busy. But right now, we live in the age of the Spirit. If you think about it, again, I kind of hinted at it. In the beginning, God created. In a sense, in creation, God spoke and the world came into being, right? And so God was, as it were, on center stage. The Father and the Son, or the Son and the Spirit were both there, but it was God on center stage. In salvation, Jesus dying on the cross, right? Jesus dying and rising again. As it were, Jesus is on stage. But now Jesus has ascended into heaven. Thursday was Ascension Day. Jesus ascended into heaven, and, and, and now the Spirit has come, and you and I live in the age of the Spirit. Now, let me just show you, though, that the Spirit has always been active. A couple of passages real quick. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. First words of the Bible, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering 
over the waters. The Spirit of God was there in creation, and, and Jesus was as well, Colossians tells us. And so the Spirit of God was there. In the building of the tabernacle, this one's fascinating, Exodus 31, verses 1 to 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with what? with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. He's a builder. He's an artist. He's putting something together. But because it's the tabernacle, God says, I'm putting my spirit into him. And what happens in the Old Testament over and over again is the Holy Spirit comes on an individual. The Holy Spirit comes on an individual, and, and that individual is given some task to do, to build a tabernacle or, or, or to do something else, to lead in some ways. The Holy Spirit comes on, and then when that, that task is done, the Holy Spirit steps back. So not on everybody, and, and just for short term. Uh, one more in the Old Testament, Judges 6, verse 34. Then the Spirit of the Lord, again, that's the Holy Spirit, came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizrites to follow him. The Spirit comes on Gideon, he leads, and then the Spirit leaves. That's how it works in the Old Testament. And, and what happens to us in the New Testament is this amazing thing, that the Spirit stays. And the Spirit comes on all those who are followers of God, all those who belong to Jesus Christ. If you belong to Jesus Christ, the Spirit is alive in you. If, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are Spirit-filled, okay? And, and some, there are some churches that would say, no, 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 it's a separate thing. The, the Bible, I think, makes clear, and I'm not going to take the time to show you, but the Bible makes clear that if we belong to Jesus Christ, his Spirit has come into us. We've got to learn to walk by the Spirit, week three, but, but the Spirit is alive in us. Acts 2, 1 and 2, Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week Sunday. But when the day of Pentecost came, they were all, those followers of Jesus, were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, okay? The blowing of a wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So there's this violent wind comes down. It, it's blowing all over the place. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Okay, tongues of fire. That's another image of the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And, and, and that's that sense of all of them, Okay. It didn't just come on the leader. It didn't just come on Belial, the, the, whatever it is. You know, the guy, the, the builder in the Old Testament, it didn't just come on one person. And it didn't come and then leave. It came to stay. And so that's why I say we are now in the age of the Spirit, and the Spirit is now on center stage. And, and again, part of why I think this is important for us to understand who the Spirit is is, is because this is how we connect with Jesus. When we say Jesus is alive in us, it's by his Spirit that he is alive in us. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is now on center stage. Third, the Holy Spirit is a person. And, and, and I think this is part of the struggle, and I'll share with you why I think it's a struggle. Some of what the Bible says makes it that way, because there's a mystery here. But, but I think one of the things that we're so tempted to do is to kind of believe the Holy Spirit is a force, right? May the force be with you. You have to get in line with the force. And so walking in the Spirit, there's this stream of energy that the, that's the Spirit. And so we just have to kind of, what Christians are, Christians are talking about the Holy Spirit is to get in line with that stream, right? And, and to get caught up in that stream. And it's an impersonal force. That's not true. The Holy Spirit is a person like the Father and like the Son. And, 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 and part of what we learn to do is to walk, to dance, to sing, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I think it can be helpful for us to grow in the Spirit and our understanding of the Spirit to recognize that the Spirit is a person. 
And you can have a relationship with the Spirit, just like you have a relationship with the Father and a relationship with the Son. Look at some of what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit speaks in Acts 8. The Holy Spirit says to Philip, go talk to that guy. Text 10, he says to Peter, go talk to that guy. The Holy Spirit speaks in words. The Holy Spirit thinks, 1 Corinthians 12. The Holy Spirit looks at a congregation like this and says, I've got spiritual gifts. I'm going to give this person that one, and I'm going to give this person that one. Decides. The Holy Spirit reflects on it, decides, and then he disperses gifts, the Bible says, as he thinks. The Holy Spirit prays for us. Romans 8. When we can't pray, Paul says, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And and, and so the Holy Spirit, again, is a person. The Holy Spirit grieves. Thessalonians, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You can make the Holy Spirit sad. You can disappoint the Holy Spirit. Again, so the Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm going to cheat and say this is 3B. I don't have 6, I have 5, but 3 has 2. And power. Because you don't just get images of person, you also get images of power. We've looked at some of them already. The Holy Spirit is wind. Right, the violent wind came into the room. That's that's the Holy Spirit is 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 like a wind. It's like breath. In John twenty, Jesus said to his disciples, "Receive the Holy Spirit," and he breathed on them. Okay, he breathed on them, and so the Holy Spirit is is compared to breath. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit is like a dove that comes down, and it sits on the father on the son rather. And the father says, "This is my son, whom I love." I am well pleased with him and listen to what he says. And so the Holy Spirit is there in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit comes, we read it in Acts 2, like fire, right? Those flames of fire above. And then at the end of Acts 2, uh, Peter is preaching and he talks about the Holy Spirit is rain that is poured out. That the Holy Spirit is poured out. And so uh, I think that's why we sometimes get confused, right? We, we get images of the Father and the Son in the Bible that are very personal, but we also get with the Spirit these power images. So, I, I, but I want to challenge you to say, let's say a person with power, because I, I just think it's essential that we learn to think about the Holy Spirit in, in a way that we can talk to the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit and, and have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So God, now on center stage, person and a power. And then the fourth one, and uh, this is one of my favorite ones because I think it gives us the key to how God calls us to live, uh, each and every one of us. And some of you I've, I've, I've uh, shared this with before in other contexts, but the Holy Spirit is a servant. The Holy Spirit is a servant. What I mean by that is the Holy Spirit does not want to be, he's on center stage now and he knows that and he's fine with that, okay? But the Holy Spirit never says, look at me. Look at me. It's about me. The Holy Spirit never says, I want you to notice me. I want you to worship me. I want you to pay attention to me. You know what the Holy Spirit wants more than anything else? He wants to point you to Jesus, right? He wants to say, look at him. He is amazing. The Holy Spirit wants to just kind of be in the background, and he wants to point you to Jesus and say, Jesus is amazing. Or he wants to tell you about the Father. But the Holy Spirit is there to say, I want, I want you to see them. And he's pointing fingers, and he's saying, those guys are awesome. Look at what Jesus says about the Spirit. John 15, verse 26. When the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, again, in, in, in this part of John, that's what Jesus is calling him. When the advocate, the one who helps you, the one who supports you, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will, what? Testify about me. He's going to tell you about me, because that's just the way he is. 
That's just the way he is. John 16, 13, and 14. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell what is yet to come. He will glorify me, not himself, me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So what does the Holy Spirit want to do? wants to just point to Jesus. Dale Bruner wrote a, a wonderful book on, on the Holy Spirit, and in there he, he makes this statement. He says, uh, it's often been said that the Holy Spirit is the Cinderella. You remember the story of Cinderella, right? The twin sisters, or the other sisters, the stepsisters. Uh, they got all the attention, they got all the love, and Cinderella was just cleaning up, and Cinderella was just quiet, and Cinderella was just kind of in the background. And, and what Bruner says is, in the Trinity, in a sense, The Spirit is Cinderella, the great and inducted person of the Godhead. You say, well, that's not nice. Who wants to be Cinderella at at that part of the story? But you know what? Here's what Bruner says. It's exactly what the Spirit wants. It, It is exactly what the Spirit wants. The Spirit wants to point to others. Look at this. He goes on. He says, but the Holy Spirit's desire and work is that we be overcome again, thrilled again, excited and gripped again by the wonder, the majesty, the relevance of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, Brunner, when teaching on it, he would put up a, a, a whiteboard and he'd, he'd draw a picture of Jesus on it. And he said, the Holy Spirit wants to stand back here and go and point to Jesus. He doesn't want you to see him. He wants you to see Jesus. He wants you to see the Son. The Holy Spirit does not mind being Cinderella outside the ballroom if the prince is honored inside his kingdom. The Holy Spirit is a servant. Now, if you're saying, does that make the Father and the Son the evil sisters? No, because what's amazing is that all three of them are this way. That all three of the Trinity, if you look through Scripture, one of the things we see over and over again is the Holy Spirit is saying, look at Jesus. The Father is saying, look at the Son, right? When, the, when Jesus is baptized, this is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. And I'm going to glorify him. And, and Jesus says to his disciples, you know, you guys got to understand something. When I go away, it's better for you because the Spirit is coming and you won't believe what he'll do. And, and Jesus is saying, I really want to glorify the Father. And so what we have in the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit saying, you got to know about these other ones. I, I just want to bless. I want to serve. I want to lift them up. And the reason it is important, friends, is that is what you were created to do. You are created in God's image. I am created in God's image. And I think that means that the fullness of life comes. The best of life comes to us when we learn to serve. When we learn to bless others. Not to deny, not to say we're horrible. I mean, God is God. He knows he's God. The Spirit is the Spirit. He knows he's the Spirit. And he doesn't deny any of that. But he realizes that, that joy comes in blessing others and in pointing to others, and in lifting others up. And that's what our calling is. That's what life is. And, and it's so crazy, because the world around us tells us, and our nature inside of us says, no, I've got to take care of me. I've got to put me first. I, I was with Kaylee yesterday, and, and, and we went garage sailing with, well, we had four kids by that point, um, you know, which is something I always want to do on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and, and, and so she was like, I said, well, you know, you think we're done? And she's like, no, no, I want you to go here, and you have to. And I said, why? Because <laughs> you're a servant. She said, you just preach this stuff too much, Dad. You have to. Now, I don't know, if, but it's, and, and we did it, and it was fun. And, 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 and I'm not saying we get taken advantage of, but there is, friends, life comes when, like the Spirit, we learn to say, 
oh, look at that person. And when we point to others and when we bless others and, and when we give to others, those of you who are parents, you know, your kids are, I mean, you work on your own relationship, but you bless them and you lift them up. And, and yes, you challenge and confront them and, and, and discipline them and all those things. But you'll learn what it is to say, my life isn't about me. It's about lifting somebody else up. And it's so cool because when you do that, you are like God. The Holy Spirit is a servant. And then the last one, and then we'll be done. But the Holy Spirit is not under our control. The Holy Spirit is not under our control. We don't get to say. And when you hear somebody say it, just recognize that they are probably well-meaning and a brother or sister in Christ. But if you hear somebody say, you know what? I know the Holy Spirit is going to talk to one of us tonight. He's going to talk to in, in such a way that I want you to do this. I know the Holy Spirit is going to do this. Now, the Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is active. No problem with that whatsoever. But when we start saying the Holy Spirit is going to do this, we got it backwards. Because the Holy Spirit is not under our control. The Holy Spirit is not doing that. This is what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 8, and 9. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. Again, that's the Spirit. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everybody, everyone born of the Spirit. The fact is, you know, living by the power of the Spirit gives us strength. It gives us, it gives us gifts. It gives us, but it also puts us not under our control, it also means, as we say in the Heidelberg Catechism, I am not my own, but I belong body and soul and life and to death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And I live by the power of his spirit. And his spirit might call me to go someplace, but I don't get to, I can pray, I can ask the spirit to act, I can expect the spirit to show up at different times, but I don't get to say, spirit, this is what you've got to do. And I, and I worry some that some of our brothers and sisters in Christ tend to act as if the, the Holy Spirit has become kind of our errand boy, Right? And I get to command the Holy Spirit. I get to just tell the Holy Spirit what to do. Now, I can tell the Holy Spirit what I want him to do. But I am not under control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is under control of me. Um, the Holy Spirit is not under my control. I am under the control of the Holy Spirit. It, it, again, next week we celebrate Pentecost. Almost 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit came on those folks. And... and, and, and and they changed, and they lived with power. And, and that same Holy Spirit, friends, is active today. That same Holy Spirit wants to in, in, just infect our congregation, wants to infect in deeper ways every one of our lives. And, and, and so I just ask you to pray about this and, and, and to say, you know, will we learn to dance with that Holy Spirit? Will we learn what it is to, to keep in step with the Spirit and to find the joy and the encouragement and the danger of walking moment by moment with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we, we're comfortable praying to the Father, talking in Son, Jesus, we love you. Spirit, now we, we ask you to enlighten us, to guide us into all truth, to, to, to be the presence of Jesus with us. Father, we, we want to be able to do all you call us to do. We want to love the way you call us to love. We want to be parents the way you call us to be parents. We want to be friends the way you call us to be friends. And the only way for us to get straightened out is by the power of your spirit. So, so Father, I pray that you'll teach us. And Spirit, I pray that you will just be in control of us so that more and more we might honor Jesus Christ in all that we do. We pray this in his name. Amen.